Today with Catherine Ruinala. Do you want to hear a, a quick story? So if you don't know about Maria Woodwithetta, she um, was ministering in the late 1800s, early 1900s. They saw such astonishing things. Here's just one testimony that I was reading today for my own joy. Hallelujah. Um, I'll read this one first. Are you, have you got a... Can you, can you handle some grisly details? Yeah. All right, here we go. Are you sure? <laughs> okay. I was healed of cancer of the rectum. Two doctors of this city pronounced it was a hopeless case, not even a hospital case. My age and the advancement of my disease said I would get no benefit from an operation. My age was then 65. Um, the left side of my rectum was eaten away by cancer. I was a total wreck physically. Didn't know what a night's sleep was, no appetite. My whole nervous system was completely broken down. On the 9th of January, I went to Sister Edda where she was holding meetings and I was a total stranger. I didn't know the per a person in the house except my wife who'd gone with me as I was unable to go out on my, on my own. Rather than read the rest of his testimony, I'll read you his wife's testimony about it. It says here, to whom it may concern, I, the undersigned, can testify that each and every word of the above statement of his testimony is true. I am his wife, I'm also a nurse. I took care of him when he was suffering, being eaten up with that awful cancer. There was a large hole eaten out of his hip and the bowel discharge would drop into that hole and I would be compelled to use my own hands to lift out the discharge and the cancer smelled so bad that many times I'd get deathly sick um, and several times came near fainting just working with him, but praise God, he healed my husband. He healed him to stay healed. The flesh is all filled in now where the hole was. He's in perfect health, works 12 hours a day, six days a week. Isn't that cool? Yay, God. Yay, God. Praise the Lord. Here's another one. Um, there was a commotion going on in the room at one of the meetings where Sister Edda was ministering. Uh, she asked, what's the matter? As they didn't want to wish to harm the audience, they said, oh, a lady's fainted. Uh, but actually, she died. Uh, Sister Edda said, she's all right, and even if the Lord should take her, she's ready. I wish the rest of you were as well prepared. <laughs> After quite a while, they carried her body in and said, she's dead. The pulses ceased to beat. There was no motion of the heart. The body was cold and limp, and the face that of a corpse. Sister Edda gathered the others around her and spoke of Jesus being the resurrection and the life and prayed and called on her in the name of the Lord and she opened her eyes. When she opened her eyes, they were yellow and they didn't seem to know anything at first but sat in a big armchair looking like a corpse. Later on in the meeting, she expressed a desire to testify, which she did. She's been attending meetings ever since and working daily. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why am I reading these testimonies? Because I believe the Lord wants to shift our thinking. He wants to give us a new wineskin for a new season. Hallelujah. Well, as I was reading some of Maria Woodweather's testimonies, I was reminded of some of the things that I've seen over time. I was thinking as I was reading uh, this story, I was thinking about when I went to Wales for the first time. I was doing a meeting and... There was a commotion up the back, and I, saw, I said, what's going on? And a lady had just keeled over and was unresponsive, completely unresponsive. 
And so I had um, young Emily Harland with me for the very first time. I handed the meeting to her and I went up and, um, and this lady, I, I mean, I don't have, there wasn't a doctor there to confirm she was dead, but there was nothing. She was totally unresponsive. And they would call an ambulance and they were praying. And as I went to pray for her, I felt the Lord tell me to, I asked for her name, to call her name and to prophesy her future. And the Lord gave me words for her future. And so I just began to prophesy things that the Lord had for her yet to do. And as I did, her eyes opened. The ambulance people came. She didn't need them. They took her away to get checked out, but there she was, happy in the meeting the next day, absolutely nothing wrong. Hallelujah. And our response when we hit a difficult situation needs to be trained not to think like the rest of the world, but to think like believers, followers of Jesus Christ. These signs shall follow those who believe, the Lord says. I remember another time I was on an aeroplane coming home from meetings and we'd just taken off and the seatbelt sign just then flicked off when we got to altitude. And the moment the seatbelt sign flicked off, I, I was just traveling by myself and I was sitting in an emergency room. But the moment the, the, the sign flicked off, flicked off, this guy, um, came dragging his friend with his arms under his, his shoulders like this, dragging him up the aisle. And this guy was just, his head was lolling, he was unconscious, and he'd taken an overdose of sleeping pills. And the nurses panicked. They cleared the exit row on the opposite side of the aisle. I was on the aisle, nobody next to me. Um, and they cleared out that exit row and they put, because there were, oh, actually there was no one sitting over there. And they laid him out there. And so his head is right there across the aisle from me. And I thought, oh, I know what you're doing, God. You see, that should be our response when situations turn up. Anyway, um, I said they were all fussing. They were calling over the loudspeakers. Any doctors, nurses? There was a, I think there was a midwife on board that tried to come and do something and they, they tried to set up IVs and, and as, they're, as they're working and I, there's two air hostesses there, I said, I'm, I'm a minister, can I, can I pray? And one of them said, no, 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 just sit there. And the other one said, no, let her pray. Because she was obviously very concerned that nothing good was happening here. And, um, and so they let me pray. I just put my hand on his head and I just, be, I said, in the name of Jesus. And as I did, he started vomiting up all the pills, hallelujah. And we didn't have to turn around and, and he, was, he was okay, hallelujah, praise the Lord. God wants us to get ready to shake off the sneaky heaviness of worldly thinking that tends to come around people when they are surrounded by drama for too long. God wants us to set our minds on things above, things that are pure and holy. He wants us to think about what the Lord does, who He is, and remind ourselves that He is a miracle-working God. Amen? 
Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we've been looking in Exodus chapter 15. If you want to turn in your Bibles with me there, there's a really interesting story. Praise the Lord. Josh, I'll give you that. Thank you, Lord. And it's the story of when the Israelites had come through the Red Sea, the Lord had supernaturally delivered them, made a way, opening up the Red Sea so that they could cross over on dry land. And then the sea crashed over and drowned all the Egyptian army. An incredible miracle. And they're celebrating, they're dancing, Miriam's leading them in the song, praise the Lord, amazing victory, hallelujah. And then they come into the wilderness and for three days, they can't find water. They get to an oasis and they go to try and drink. I mean, there's like close to a million people and stock. And I mean, they are desperate. And the waters are bitter. And so the people's reaction, we'll pick it up here in verse 23. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah, which means bitter. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, what shall we drink? This is really interesting. They grumbled at Moses. Moses had just led them out of slavery in Egypt. Moses had just led them in the power of the Lord across the Red Sea. And now their first reaction is to grumble at Moses. You see, they had been slaves all their lives, generationally. And they were so used to, to blaming their leaders for their problems they were so used to leaders abusing them and also leaders providing for them that their natural reaction was something not good, let's blame the authority. Sometimes when you've had a bad experience with authority in the past, you can bring it into the new and miss out on the blessing that God wants to give. God doesn't want you stepping into the new thing with a mindset based on the old thing. He doesn't want you stepping into your new job with an attitude about your new boss the same as you had about your old boss. He doesn't want you stepping into your new situation. He doesn't want you coming into the kingdom and thinking about God the way perhaps you've thought about authorities in your life that have not been kind. Anyway... Praise the Lord. So the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? The heart of the Father, right from the Passover. Remember in the Passover, they got, they got told to, put, to have, cook a lamb and to take the, the blood and to put it on the doorposts. They themselves had to put the, door, the blood on their own doorposts. And the Lord passed over wherever he saw the blood. Hallelujah. The Old Testament is full of types and shadows of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And Jesus is our Passover lamb. 
Praise the Lord. The scripture tells us about this. He was crucified on Passover. And he's the Passover lamb. But God got them each to do it, to take responsibility, to take the blood and to put it on their own doorposts. They didn't get Moses just to do it on behalf of all of Israel. He got them to do it. He was trying to teach them, I want you to take responsibility to look to me to be your savior. But then coming back into the coming through the Red Sea and into the wilderness, they're still not thinking, I can, I can talk to God and I can, I can ask him myself to be my savior. They're still looking to someone else to sort it out for them. And God was wanting to teach them because he needed them to believe that if they asked him for help, he would help them so that when they came to the promised land, instead of being intimidated, they'd be filled with faith. But they didn't pass the test. They, they grumbled at Moses instead and said, what shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord. Moses did what God was wanting all of them to do. And the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. What could a tree represent here, do you think? Jesus Christ was crucified on a tree, on a cross, on a wooden cross. In picking up the tree, uh, God told him, throw a tree into the bitter waters and the bitter waters will become sweet. Hallelujah. By the power of the cross, God takes what was dirty and unclean and he makes it brand new and clean and pure. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful picture, uh, a type and a shadow pointing to Jesus. Praise the Lord that when something is bitter and it's broken and it's terrible, there is an answer. Instead of looking at the situation, God wants you to look at Jesus Christ and know that he's the solution. Hallelujah. Wonderful Savior. There he made for them a statute and a regulation, and there he tested them. And he said, if you'll give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes i'll put none of the diseases on you which you've put on the which i put on the egyptians for i the lord am your healer hallelujah i the lord am your healer we know that in christ by his stripes we were healed we are healed hallelujah he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed hallelujah he is our healer and the lord was wanting to reveal to them through making these bitter waters sweet that he not only is their provider but he wants to be so much more he wants to be their protector. He wants, them, he wants to be their healer. Hallelujah. And God wants us to recognize that when bad stuff happens, obstacles come your way, that instead of seeing the obstacles and complaining about them, God wants you to recognize this is an opportunity for me to train and grow so that I can uh, step into all that God's called me to be. God doesn't want us to remain like little babies that just need to be fed and receive everything. 
you know, he wants you to grow. He wants you to learn how to feed yourself. He wants to train your hands for war, your fingers for battle. Hallelujah. Because he's already overcome. But he's looking for a bride, not a baby. A pure, beautiful, spotless bride who's received the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's um, traded their sin for his mercy and his redemption, who's traded their, their fears and their weakness and their lives for his glorious new life. He has made us new. He has made us the bitter, broken, poison, defiled ones. He's made us sweet through the tree, the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's redeemed us. He's made us new. And the very first thing that he does is remind you, I am the Lord who heals you. I'm the Lord who heals you. I'm the Lord who will protect you. I am, the, I am your God. And God's heart all the way through the scripture is to say, I'm longing for you to put your faith in me, to look to me, to be your husband, your Lord, your King, your Savior. Hallelujah. And instead of looking to other people to sort it out for you, looking to him, but believing that as you call on the name of the Lord, he will protect you. He'll take care of you. Amen. Do you know the Lord as your Savior? as your healer. God wants us to recognize that you're not called just to be around people who know Jesus. He doesn't want us to be people who know about God. These people had witnessed the parting of the Red Sea. These people had witnessed all the plagues and all the things that happened in Egypt, the Passover. I mean, if a sign and a wonder was going to do it, you'd think it would be done. They certainly believed in God. However, they hadn't had a change in their heart that helped them see God is inviting me to have relationship with him. And the yearning heart of God was, I want you to know that you are not alone. I want you to recognize you can call on me and I will answer. I will be with you in trouble. I am your provider. I am the one who is your answer in every situation. You know, when we think about it today, it's a wonderful thing to have people pray for us. I'm so grateful for my intercessors. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so grateful for prayers. And there's such power when we pray. Prayer is a powerful thing. But other people praying for you is not a substitute for you calling on the name of the Lord yourself. Because when God speaks to your heart and gives you an assurance everything's going to be all right, everything's going to be all right. Yesterday, um, Emily was going for a drive. She, she said, I'm going to go for a drive up to Noosa. How long does it take? About an hour and a half or couple of hours. And I, that, that was great. But because I had just heard a bad story about my friend who'd had a car accident, after she left, all of a sudden, I began to think, oh, I hope she'll be okay. I hope she'll be safe on the road. Oh, is there any mothers ever admit to having thoughts like this? I hope she's going to be okay. Uh, of course she'll be okay. I hope she's going to be okay. Oh, pray. Uh, pray, Lord, plead the blood of Jesus over her. She pray that she'll be all right. 
Um, and I sat down and I was just doing my study. And I thought about it again. Oh, gosh, I hope she's going to be all right. I don't like her driving by herself. Oh, she's 25. <laughs> she's a very good driver. It was irrational for me to be having this. But the enemy was just having a go. And so I stopped and I went, Lord, is she going to be okay? Are you taking care of her? And I heard him speak it. Yeah, she's going to be fine. I'm taking care of her. And that was the end of the conversation with the negative thoughts and with the fear. Because the word of the Lord puts it all to bed, puts it all away, settles everything. When God speaks, everything settles. It's like the book of Job. Everyone's talking, everyone's talking, and then God speaks. And everyone's like, ugh. Stop talking now. God wants you to have a relationship with him to the point where you can hear him speak and know God's got this. You know, when I ask those things, I ask in faith knowing what the word of God says. The word of God says that he is our protector. The word of God says that he is our keeper, that he'll watch over our going out and our coming in. And we can put our faith in what the word of God is revealed to us in the, in the, the word of God, the will of God is revealed to us in the word of God. But when attacks come, when thoughts come, when difficulty comes, God wants our response to be practiced and trained so that we know automatically, I know who my God is and I'm going to speak. I remember when Jessica was um, playing basketball, uh, playing mixed basketball at school and she'd, um, she's only a little thing, she'd been playing with really big guys and she whacked her head, she fell down, whacked her head on the concrete and she was having seizures, she'd never had seizures before. And the school called me, um, and I, I just jumped straight in the car. I had my Ugg boots on and everything. I got there so fast. As she was on the, uh, still on the, the ground, they'd been squeezing her ear to try to stop the seizures. Uh, and her ear was just all black and blue because they hadn't been able to stop it. Ambulance was on the way. I got there before the ambulance, as you do. And it was school, and I just I, came, I ran onto that court, and I just said, "Everybody out of the way! In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare you're healed." I mean, mothers—they get fierce. I don't know what they thought, but everything stopped. She was fine. She opened up her eyes. Everything was all right. They took her. The ambulance came anyway. They took her. They couldn't find anything wrong with her. She didn't even have a headache or a bump on her head. The next day, she wanted to go to school, and I said, "Honey, I don't." I don't think that's good. They'll think I'm a terrible mother. <laughs> she went anyway. Hallelujah. But I had, a, I had an innate response that had been practiced over years. God wants you to practice. You might think, well, why did God not just sort out the water before they got there? It was an opportunity for them to get some strength so that when they were Going into the promised land, they'd be fully equipped and ready. I know when I, um, my mum got me to do a defensive driving course when I was young. Anybody do that? She, she wanted us all to be safe on the road, so she, she paid for us to do this defensive driving course. And they put you on skid pans. And, it's, and they show you what it feels like for your, your 
um, wheels to lock up and to, to actually be skidding. And then they show you how to move the, the wheel in the direction you're going, which is opposite to what you want to do, so that you can regain traction. This would have been a very long time ago. But you know, years and years later, when I found myself sliding on the road in a really wet, wet road, automatically I knew how to make the adjustment because I had had the experience and learned what to do in that situation. Every obstacle you go through is not a punishment from God, but an opportunity simply for your faith muscles to grow so that you know what to do the next time something happens. And God is delivering you so you can deliver others. Like David, oh, who is this uncircumcised Philistine coming against the armies of the living God? I have, I've got a testimony. I killed the lion and the bear when the, they came against the sheep and my God delivered me from them and he'll deliver us from that too. Who gets to take him out? He had a different attitude because he had had a different experience because he had known what it was to call on the name of his God.